time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Monday, May 1st. Woohoo! This year is going so quickly. And uh, we are just so thrilled to be here. Again, this podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. And it's for mortgage professionals. And we're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format you can listen to anytime and anywhere. I love hearing some of the stories where some of the people, where they're listening to it. And uh, it is hilarious. Uh, we're, and we may start a reward, award. Who Send us a picture of where maybe some of those can't be done in pictures. But, but, but send us a where you listen to the podcast, what times you listen to. So 24-7, we're getting downloads, listens to. We're just grateful to have you. And then thank you for telling others about it because that's how our listening audience has grown to the size that it has. So really thrilled to have you here with us. I want to say thank you to our, can- to our Candor Technology sponsor. number of sponsors here starting off with Candor Technology, their only automated underwriting system to earn a patent for its unique solutions. Candor is also optimizing the loan delivery loan workflow process, as well as when it comes to repurchases. You can use it very effectively to uh, mitigate the repurchase risk. And um, when running the loans that are being you're being asked to repurchase, run them through the system, through the Candor system. It'll help you rebut some of the repurchase demands that might be coming out of the agencies. Some are getting hit with it pretty hard. We're hearing some stories about some companies. One particular company, it's it's so overwhelming that's coming in that they're facing, uh, they're, they're looking at it as a, are they an ongoing entity, an ongoing concern? That's just how significant some of these repurchase demands are out of the agencies. You know, it really goes to the point where you've got to have solid technology that helps you make decisions. If you use Candor to make the underwriting decision, guess what? You get an insurance policy with it that in the event of a repurchase, they will, um, they'll step up, step in on that. So listen to the interview with, uh, on April 5th with Earl Thomas Booker, also better, the third, by the way, uh, also known as Books. Love that guy. Also, Finastra, the Fusion Mortgage Bot POS system that personalizes the application is a creates a unified path no matter what platform you're using, iPhone, smartphone, uh, tablet, uh, laptop. You say, most doesn't most technology do that? Yes, but in the way that this does it, it is so seamless, and you just really recognize the screen. Check it out, finastra.com, truly leaders in the marketplace, and the number one fintech company in the world. And then there's Total Experts. So grateful to have them. They're the only purpose-built CRM solution that really empowers uh, customer engagement through an intelligence platform to create growth and loyalty for the modern lender. And we're going to talk a little bit later in the podcast about modern lenders, what some companies are doing and the successes that they're having. But anyway, check out the interview we did with Joe Wellu, uh, March 15th, 2023. And also they've got their user conference coming out. Go to the, uh, that's, that I'll be speaking at. I'd love to have you there. It's in San Diego. Please uh, look it up and love to see all of the users 
a total expert there and uh, be talking with you. Also, Simple Nexus, the mortgage software and technology for the modern lender, another term of the using of the modern lender. That must be a new catchphrase marketing people are using. Anyway, also Mortgage Bankers Association of America, so grateful for the MBA and all that they're doing. When it just seems to get crazier and crazier inside the beltway, MBA's in there trying to sort through it. I, I think they, they, what the job they're doing for us is crazy. Some of the stuff that we're hearing uh, Secretary Fudge of HUD come out and say recently uh, about the discrimination, here, God, we need a strong association. We have it, and I'm grateful for it. Support it, and also sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app so that you can have your voice heard inside of the Beltway. Also, Lenders One and Mortgage Collaborative, you need to be members of both of these co-ops. Great opportunity for you to mix in a more close and up, up close and personal way with uh, the lender members as well as the vendor members. We're a vendor member of both of these co-ops. They do a great job of really connecting people with your peers, connecting you, each other with the peers. I mean, get your peer to discussion is just one of the most amazing things you can have because, you know, are you going through this? You know, misery loves company. And then they compare notes and solutions. So effective. The, the uh, mortgage collaborative TMC has the collapse. Very effective what they're doing. Also, Knowledge Coop does a great job as a learning management system, mobility, MMI, and Modex do great jobs of helping you find and select the right uh, loan officers to hire, who to, uh, as they say in the Texas poker, uh, when to hold them, who to fold them. So anyway, find the right people using mobility, MMI, and Modex, and also mortgage advisory tools. This past week, we released on April 26th an interview with Gabe Minton of Mortgage Connect, and we talked about artificial intelligence, getting a lot of activity on that. And then also another podcast that's just continued to get done, there's one that we did uh, the week before with Seth Sprague, talking about uh, some of the latest developments in servicing. We really had a great interview with him, and that's getting a download. Be sure to check those out. This week, we've got Brent Jones from R3AMC is releasing the Value Insure, uh, Insured Appraisal Solutions. Very unique approach to appraisals. We haven't touched on appraisals for a while. Brent reached out to me and told him what he's doing. But again, here's an insurance policy. Wrap around the appraisal should anything come up in a repurchase requesting regarding the, the evaluation model. So check out the interview we did with Brent Jones. Really good. Really enjoy him as a person and their vision. They're not in all the states, but they're getting there as fast as they can. So call them up and be one of the first states to ask them to come in to be your, in your state and working with you. I want to say a special thank you to Adam DeSanctis with the MBA and Les Parker with TM Spotlight and MBS. Uh, good to have him, and you're going to hear from him in just a minute. we got Matt Graham live from mbslive.net. Love the Graham. And also David Kittle is back on. Alice Valvey is back in today. Alan Pollock is here today. we got a full house and Mark Helm. He tried out to get a new speaker. Mark, let's see if that speaker that, or that microphone you got, is it working any better or did you unhook it? I unhook it. I unhook it. Unhook it. <laughs> if it doesn't work, it is much better than what it was sounding like a little bit ago. Anyway, good. Let's get over to the MBA's uh, MBA Mortgage Minute with Adam DeSantis and hear what he has for us today. Adam? Hi, I'm Adam DeSantis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week was a busy one. MBA President and CEO Bob Brooksman and staff continued to urge FHFA to remove the unworkable debt-to-income price adjustment that was part of recent changes to Fannie Mae's and Freddie Mac's LLPAs announced in January. 
In addition, MBA spent much of last week countering misinformation in educating members, elected officials and their staffers, and the press regarding the new credit score and loan-to-value LLPA grids. The fees have become a controversial topic in financial and political media and on Capitol Hill. MBA has stressed in several media interviews that contrary to inaccurate reporting and the resulting hyperbole, the fees have essentially been in the market since March and do not punish borrowers with higher credit scores. We have noted that those with higher credit scores will still pay less than with someone with a lower credit score with the same down payment. MBA's primary concern continues to be on the planned LLPA for certain borrowers with DTI ratios above 40%. We believe it is unworkable and are calling on FHFA to remove it and instead consider alternative approaches that do not pose hardships to lenders and borrowers. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate you very much for taking the time to record that, deliver that, that information. I, the NBA is doing such yeoman's work right now inside there, and they're so spot on. It's insane. These LLPAs that they've done, it's just absolutely insane. I don't have to tell you guys about it. You're the one feeling it, and it goes into effect today. So um, we'll get Alice to comment a little bit more on that in a minute. Sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app. They need you. They need all of us. <laughs> commenting about what's going on there. All right, let's get over to Les Parker and start to talk about the markets. I listened to Les's segment last night. It's good. He's doing some more singing, so applaud him for this. And then we're going to get into our good friend, Matt Graham, and we'll talk about what's happening. So without further ado, Les Parker with today's TM Spotlight. Trencher trades in calls unspoken. Layoff risk with minds wide open. Today is... Where your book begins. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. According to the Fed, SB Bank failed due to the mistakes by management and regulators. The reported mistakes are common and reoccur because of human shortcomings and denials to face truth. So, here are the lessons for all of us. Shine the light of truth on your pipeline. Disclose the good and bad. Avoid short-term benefits that increase long-term risk. Release your innovation. These views are mine. Take action at tmspotlight.com. See the gain on your screen. No one else can do it for you. Only you can get it done. No one else. No one else. That almost sounds, has a musical uh, flavor, so I can see Les doing a little jig while he's doing that here and spinning around and doing a dance. I don't know about you, Matt Graham, but that's pretty good. Uh, we have to see if you can match that here. But uh, sign up for Les's newsletter. You can do so by going to tmspotlight.com, and you can also email Les Parker at tmspotlight.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's a paid version for free when you put in the code POWER for PowerSeller. Great stuff. I was reading more in his newsletter today. This morning I was reading it. Yes, I do read it, Lester. You do know that. And uh, he was talking more, gave more insights into the SVB um, failure and, uh, and some, some of the information about there. It's pretty significant. Um, good information. And, you know, I, I, I get concerned about the financial industry where we're at. We saw, you know, First Republic being taken over by J.P. Morgan, how much more of this is coming. Uh, we were talking with someone else earlier about, in fact, it was earlier on this call, the, S, uh, the SNL crisis. And uh, are we going to see those days and how long it takes for uh, things to work through? This one's got a little bit different flavor to it. We're going to be getting some banking people on as guests to talk with us about where this could go. 
here in the in a couple of future podcasts coming up. We're doing our research on it, but very concerned about the banking system and how it is set up right now, especially when you look at the number of banks holding MBS securities that were originated at the low rates that they were. And there's a regulation that says they do not have to mark to mark them, thank God, for to where they're at uh, until they go to sell them. And when they do, though, it's when the banks will fail. So uh, lots of information on that. We kept talking to some of the bankers and some talk, talking to get a couple, trying to get a couple of regulators to come on and be willing to talk about it. I'm having private conversations with them. And um, they're kind of scratching their heads, too, with some of the absurdity of what's happening. So going on and on about that. But let's get over to – so sign up for Les Parker's TM Spotlight by going to tmspotlight.com, putting in the word power. Matt Graham, good to have you here, founder and CEO of mbslive.net. Awesome system with so much information. What you got for us today, Matt? Oh, just a, a big conversation on all of the stuff that you just talked about with the banking issues. Well, that's what MBS Live has. I, I don't have that for my market update, but it's uh, definitely the talk of the town. Uh, I'm not super concerned about any savings and loan style or 2008-style banking crisis, uh, not to be dismissive of risks because things can always happen, but uh, things are different this time around for sure. And um, this First Republic thing was a long time coming at the very latest. Um, you know, their conference right. call after earnings really let the market know that something was up and uh, it was time to find a buyer. And last week was all about them finding a buyer. And actually, that ties into the market update uh, right. because so much of last week's market movement surrounded the First Republic news cycle. Um, on Tuesday, that's when the, the earnings call happened and the banking stocks tanked and there was a little bit of a uh, flight to safety trade that benefited the bond market. We saw our lowest yields of the week on Tuesday, but that then as news continued to come in and um, specifically there was a Bloomberg headline the following morning regarding a potential sale of assets to try to um, – you know, get some money back for depositors and uh, improve the solvency of the bank. That was actually bad for the bond market because it spoke to the possibility that there would not be a bank failure, perhaps, or at least hopes were a little bit higher for some such a thing at that point. But uh, we'd have to wait again until this morning for our next big dose of news on First Republic. There was a, an FDIC warning about a downgrade um, later in the week, but it didn't have a, a huge impact. The bigger impact at the end of the week came from data, actually, with mm -hmm. the PCE component of GDP, which is slightly different than the PCE data itself that came out a day later. The PCE component in the GDP report pointed to higher than expected inflation. And it also suggested that the following day's data would be higher than expected by about two-tenths of a percent. And by the time you reconcile the change in the actual um, the month in question and then the previous month's revision. It was indeed two-tenths of a percent, but in general, it was a bit softer than markets were preparing for on Thursday. So after a, a big sell-off on Thursday, bonds bounced back on Friday. There was some more concern beginning to build over First Republic on Friday afternoon, and we went into the weekend uh, with trading levels generally quite a bit better than they were the previous week. Now this morning, everything's changing. 
the First Republic bailout happened just before the bond market opened, and that is negative for bonds because it uh, sort of calms tensions to some extent. It, uh, of course, is not a messy, disorderly bank failure. Uh, when J.P. Morgan is the bank that's buying you, then that tends to bolster confidence in the rest of the banking sector as well, to whatever extent, you know. Confidence can be bolstered at times like this. It's uh, just a question of less bad as opposed to more good. Hey, that'd be a good nickname for less. Less bad, Parker. Uh, (laughs) um, Just kidding. Uh, So anyway, that kicked things off on a bad note for bonds. And then uh, a hefty slate of corporate bond issuance is adding to pressure as well as ISM manufacturing coming in just a bit higher than expected. But uh, you could well assume that given the flavor of uh, data recently, especially PMI data and ISM, that the market was probably had a whisper number that was a little bit lower than the economist median forecast. So uh, just coming in slightly higher than expected would be enough for some weakness. And also the prices paid component shot up to 53.2 versus 49.0 forecast. So uh, the inflation component inside ISM uh, moved higher or was higher than expected. So that kicks our week off in weaker territory. In the rest of the week, we have all of the economic data that we typically have on the first week of any given month. That includes more ISM data, the jobs report as well. And then this week, we happen to have the Fed on Wednesday. They're almost guaranteed to hike another 25 bips and then probably wait and see. But everything's data dependent. We'll get CPI the following week. That will probably add to their, uh, you know, their outlook. Uh, it'll help them flesh out their outlook as far as what they're going to do with rates after this next hike. But uh, long-term rates continue in a very sideways range. We're waiting for that big breakout. You could keep an eye on that range by using levels like 3.4 and 3.6 in terms of a 10-year Treasury yield. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be up to data to break things out, most likely, barring an unforeseen shock that is bigger than a uh, sort of foreseen bank failure like uh, First Republic. That's all I got for today. All you got for today. Uh, When you start talking about PCE, uh, the the component, one of the questions just came in, is this – is there – Expand on that a little bit. You're talking about a component of PCE, right? Component of GDP. Yeah, oh, there's PCE oh, data oh, inside the GDP report. Okay, okay. That was – I want to get that clarified. All right, good, 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 good. Um, any sense of uh, what happens after this almost certain point, uh, quarter point hike? Is it, is it? Are you getting a sense out there, Matt, as you read and study things? Is it, are we uh, – is it? I mean, I think it's unless the data keeps being, I don't know, persistently inflationary, I think this is probably it. But it really does depend on the data. I mean, that we've seen that expectation change very rapidly. Uh, so the expectation is only as good as what we know today. If CPI were right. to come in at, at 0.6 at the core level, I think markets would instantly plan for another 25-bit hike. Yeah. Well, when you look at, like, David Kittle and, and Mark and everyone, let's get in on the discussion here about this. Because you look at, like, with gas prices. David, you were talking about that just before we went live. Uh, gas prices uh, jumped another, was it, 25 cents out there in your neck of the woods, Kittle? Correct. Yeah, they have. <clears throat> and then, 
inflationary to a consumer, right? And yeah. first thing that they actually feel. Um, can I go back to something that uh, we were talking about real quick? Yeah. That you were mentioning, David, that's repurchases. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think this is uh, a timely, a timely comment. So think about this. Sellers repurchased $4.63 billion of single-family loans from Fannie and Freddie last year. Now, that's, that's up 55% from 2021. It's the highest annual total since 2013. You talk about lenders out there, um, some of them are really scared about how many repurchases, and it seems to be increasing. This is typically what the GSEs do every time the market slows, every time. They mm-hmm. start going back to their portfolio and pushing loans back. Now, you've had uh, Arthur Priestman on the we had show up, before yeah. and done a podcast, yeah. right? And yep. I'm really suggesting that if people are worried about a repurchase, that your last two years of production can be evaluated, a sample underwriting can be done, and those two years can be wrapped with rep and warranty insurance. And it's yes. a hell of a lot cheaper than getting oh, yeah. pushbacks. And yep. so, you know, contact TMS, and we can put them uh, in touch with Priestin and Associates. But now it's the time to look at it because the repurchases are not going to slow down. They're going to increase. They are. Yep, at a pretty pretty good crisp rate. Um, we've watched, uh, Matt, as rates have popped up, we've seen volumes dropping off. Uh, any conversation your boards that you've got going on uh, to the extent that they're seeing that happen? Is it is it an attitude? Or is there, a, trying to think, of, is this a perception? Because the rates that where they've gone up, it's, we've actually saw a pretty nice little drop. And then things just inched up. Is this more of a psychological barrier than anything else? Is, you get a sense of that from reading what your uh, subscribers put up on their board, on your board? Psychological barrier as far as uh, as far as potential buyers shying away yeah. due to rates. Yes. Oh yeah, I haven't heard too much about that in terms of chatter um, on MBS Live. Honestly, I think in in general, you know, it's sort of a, a dull roar of frustration. Uh, about rates being just generally high. And I think that that is the same frustration that would exist at 6% than that would exist at 7%. Um, yeah. It's a various, I mean, when you cross over certain thresholds, it just seems like it's just another you know, breakthrough barrier. And once we get used to that, it you know, feels like it normalizes here, whatever normalizing or normal will be, uh, then it seems like things start opening up and relaxing a little bit more. I see pipe, you know, volumes grow, apps grow. Um, any downturn is extremely well received and we see that impact of that so yeah it could yeah, be I think inventory inventory is just as big of an issue right now um right. personally i know works. the realtors mentioned that in the, the pending home sales miss last week uh, that it was inventory in fact they didn't even mention rates um so that's not to say rates aren't a factor uh because in my coverage i said rates were probably a factor uh so therefore they must be right but um yeah inventory <laughs> sucks if you're looking for something specific or just for a, a good selection, depending on where you are, I mean, around here, it's sucked forever. Yeah, it's been like that for around this part of the country, too, here in the Austin, Texas area. Yeah, very, very true. Uh, ben, uh, Mark, any thoughts on rates? Any questions for Matt? Any commentary? Yeah, yeah sir, I got, a, I got an observation that happened. I was uh, working with a friend of a friend uh, trying to help him understand the mortgage market, and the interesting thing, they started looking at houses last year where rates went nuts. And uh, they went circle back to the same house. And that same house, uh, this is a low-income 
a couple qualifying in uh, the same house they looked at a year and a half ago. The payment's going to be uh, nearly $600 larger. Yeah. And uh, it's, Ouch. it's you know, I think the market is – the load income is going to be tough. Uh, I'm really concerned about how the financial institutions are going to meet CRA requirements for making a, a lot of uh, CRA loans because uh, it's it's just – it's going to be tough because these people are in lower income and are on fixed income, more fixed income than others, are going to really have a hard time qualifying for loans as it come down the pipe right now. Another thing that I wanted to bring up here, uh, kind of rate-driven and industry-driven, I read a real interesting article this weekend in uh, National Mortgage News, and it was about Stratmore projecting that there's they're predicting about uh, 60 uh, mergers or acquisitions between small mortgage companies that are going to happen in the next year that's a fair amount if you if you break it down and think of it to be in five a month between mid-sized companies merging together but the most interesting thing about it is um kind of like the um uh the scenario they got to go through because basically uh they say in talking about the companies that have capital right now and can afford to do the acquisition and or, or foster a positive merger and all that but that's great. But at the same time, they're buying into something they're taking over that probably is where it is today because it hasn't done all those things that Mr. Kittle is real good at about downsizing people the right way and all. So they're buying money in one hand and they're buying a company that's got a, probably a bunch of people on board that they don't need and, and need their whole restructure redone. So uh, what are you really buying? When you buy those companies then, you might be buying basic license of the state that you're not in today. A few experienced people, but for the most part, uh, that company probably has some uh, still some staff that needs to be reduced in it before it makes itself feasible to be that acquisition uh, candidate. So I think we're going to see a lot of changes in the mergers and acquisitions, a lot of changes in the low-income uh, lending that's going to happen. It's going to affect a lot of people negatively, and I'm concerned about that. And I think it's going to affect house sales. I've had a personal house on the sale in Houston right now for 10 months, and I've had like six showings. That's been it. And uh, I'm wondering if I'm ever going to sell that house. <laughs> so we all got to all got to look at things like that as they roll again and affect us all long term as things like that around us happen. Yeah, there's no question. When you look at the inventory, um, you, it, it, we have an inventory issue in one sense, and yet we have homes like yours sitting on the market. There's there's yeah. there's some disconnects about that where you go like oh, well I thought we were having a shortage of homes and we have a sub- surplus of buyers so the, buy, the the demand side is definitely strong and as strong and yet the buyers are not showing up in, at your door on that particular property and, it, and that's getting reported well, different places too any insight yeah, to that Mark? My, yeah, my house too it's a it's not a real expensive house I'm selling it's six hundred thousand dollars but. Think what the interest rates have done to the payment on that for somebody. Right, right. Yeah. You know, that's the that's that's the killer. I mean, I think that's more what's causing the delay in somebody buying the house than anything. A whole swath of bars has been wiped out of the opportunity to buy my house. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, we have got interesting days ahead of us. Thank you so much with all of that. Uh, Alice, any thoughts you want to add in? I would just want to... Uh, understand a little bit more with the housing supply 
uh, and how that's going to be impacting our first-time home buyers. So it's a domino effect, right? And uh, yeah. as we, as Mark just mentioned, you know, everybody moves down a step in the market if their payments being impacted by six hundred dollars. And you're shopping for a smaller home or a different area. Um, you know, the, the whole picture looks differently, and so it's really pushed a lot of our first-time home buyers out. When rates start to go up, that group gets a little bit smaller. Uh, when we had a little bit of a drop, then you can see, you know, your government loan business pick up a little bit uh, as a, based on the, the first-time home buyers can maybe get a little bit in the market. So uh, it's just something to keep watching and uh, keep working towards and see how we can open up that um, the buy the seller side. How, how to get more sellers interested? They're they're locked at, they're locked in their houses right now. Well, you, so when you well, like, like and myself, rate. yeah, I think myself. Yeah. I've got a, you know two and five ace uh, first mortgage. And do you sell this and roll out into something else? You do the calculations. Now my wife just had to have major surgery again, broke her leg, and then we're looking at we have a two story home, so we're really looking at we may need to sell and get this get everything on one level. Or do we add a bedroom, the master bedroom downstairs? And you start looking at that, and we just did a major improvement to it. Now we are repricing it out of the range of the first-time home buyer. It wouldn't have been if we'd have sold it initially, but can you find what you need? And I think a lot of these people are going through the same thing. Maybe we'll just do the addition. Maybe we'll just find a way uh, to put in whatever we need to to make this house mm-hmm. work for a little longer and less and less products going on market as more and more people look at that and they, they, you really want to value, you really value that low interest rate, that six, in my case, six and five ace, six point uh, five, excuse me, two point six two five. And I go like, my gosh, that's, what is that opportunity going to come by again? So it's, um, but it's not to say that it's not being done. You can refinance. There is activities. People are doing it because of life events, divorce and, and uh, major health issues, such, such as what's happening with us right now is a factor. So we, we shall see. Good perspective. Alan, do you have anything you want to add in on this? Actually, you know, what Alice just said makes total sense, right? That's the problem in our industry right now. Listen, I, I, we've all heard me talk about the house I bought. I got a rate of 5.5%. I'm extremely thrilled about it. If rates go down, that'd be wonderful, but I'm not worried about it. As far as inventory. But how long did you have to wait not... to get that house? I mean, your, your, your story is oh, forget how that. many that offers you have to offer after offer after offer yeah. after offer, and you kept being bumped, bumped out because of the, the, there's funny. so many people chasing so few homes. That's right. And, and I'll keep this super short, but I, I had a gutter guy at my house this morning to put gutters in the new house I bought, and he, he's actually doing gutters on a house that I put like five bids on and lost, and the seller finally sold it probably 100 to 150 k to my lowest offer and sat on the market for like six months because he was stubborn. And that's another, that's another issue that we had. Luckily, we, I don't think we have as much of that right now. Folks just thought that they were playing the market and they'd get any price that they just listed. And unfortunately, and, and this is very, very few, unfortunately, some real estate agents agreed with them. But going back to what Alice just said, I completely agree. How do we get people to realize that it is a good market to sell and you, you do want to, upgrade your life, downsize your home, reduce your risk of cost and maintenance. Just because you're in a home doesn't mean you're going to sell it if you don't do any maintenance to it. So there's a cost associated. But, and that's up to a loan officer and real estate agents to continue to provide financial literacy and train these folks. But anyways, I agree wholeheartedly with what Alice said. Yeah, send your gutter guy over to me. I need gutters in my house. I've had trying to get a gutter guy to even come out and bid right now. It's a challenge. Anyway, enough on that. Enough on the woes. Thanks so much, Matt Graham, <laughs> for being here. 
and commenting on this. We deteriorated all the way to talking. You might say the conversation went into the gutters. Bad pun, bad pun. Anyway, Mark, Matt, everybody, thank you for your commentary on this. Let's move on. Matt, have a great week. I recommend everyone to sign up for mbslive.net. You can do so by going to that, mbslive.net, and put in the in LOL for Licking on Lending. On the sign-up code, you get an extended trial period, but just put in your credit card, sign up. You're going to love the service. Matt, thank you. Have a great week, friend. Appreciate you being here. Thanks, you too. You bet. Mr. Kittle, we were talking to you a little bit earlier about um, what's going on in the market and the originations. Here's a little interesting data point that I'm picking up more and more and more. It uh, came up several times last week, and it again came up again this morning in a conversation. I uh, was talking to a, a California lender, augmenting your production efforts with social media. In some way, shape, or form, is really starting to show up statistically as something that can move the needle. I mean, really move the needle for you. It doesn't mean you, that it doesn't mean that you're becoming a consumer direct company. It's creating awareness, and it's a branding effect, and it leads. <clears throat> It. Love to get your thoughts on that. I think it's a great idea, and uh, the people that I'm talking to, I would wholeheartedly agree. And they're saying the same thing. You're hearing it more and more. I mean, you're going to have to look at every option you have out there right now, and that's one of them. So uh, it's it's absolutely augments your business and and helps to increase it. You're going to you know people are on, especially the younger people. Everybody's on social media. I think David, even you mentioned earlier, free. Uh, podcast this morning when we were talking, uh, even off TikTok. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yes. Which amazes me. But, you know, if you can pick up business on any social media platform, that's something that you should be looking at. It's a yeah. driver right now. Yeah, Instagram seems to be an area where people are having some really good success. You know, getting your name out there and doing something clever on TikTok is, uh, again, again, that's more about creating an awareness of who you are. It's distinguishing yourself. Hello, I'm a boring mortgage banker. I'm here to talk to you in the most boring way about the company so I can create a really boring experience for you. That doesn't work. It's how are you at, at differentiating yourself and doing something exciting uh, for the consumer and making it as frictionless as possible. And that is the biggest challenge, finding the right words to say about that. It is, uh, you, I'm just encouraging everyone to check out your social media marketing platform. It does not negate. That's the biggest mistake. If you think you're going to just do all that and it's the phone's going to start ringing, uh-uh. You need to be reaching out. Partner with a realtor on it. It can be a very powerful tool. That's what I'm hearing from different ones. Any other news on the origination front, Mr. Kittle? No, it's, um, you know, I don't think things are a little slower from what yeah, I'm hearing from yeah. uh, friends inside uh, TMC. But I don't think it's taken a dive. I still think there's business out there and people are doing business. It just is not increasing like it was past um, couple of yeah, months. Yeah, the spring, kind of the spring buying bump did not happen to <laughs> probably the most uh, uh, benign spring buying bump we've seen in decades this year because of the bump in the timing of the interest rates rising up. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're right on that. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about a little bit, David, because it's an experience you've gone through, is there's a number of people that are wanting to buy companies, mortgage companies. You were interested sure. in on that. Uh, give us a little insight that you don't have. To, I mean, I don't want to pry you too much proprietary or specific information, but that what you could share. If you're out there looking to acquire a mortgage company, there's going to be more and more. Uh, the, the number that you that was reported earlier that said 60 are going to be coming up for sale uh, in the next five. Is it five years? I think that is ridiculously low. I think it's going to be substantially more than that. I think there's 60 for sale or more out there now. 
They're going on right now. Yeah, sure. There's, that's a ridiculously low number. Yeah. Um, you know, but they still, when you evaluate a company, regardless of the size, to Mark Helm's point, what are you buying? Well, you're buying people in production unless you are trying to get into a geographic area or unless you need one of their tickets. And, you know, you just can't buy a show ticket anymore. Nope. And it's especially difficult if you buy in a company to get the change of control on the Jenny May ticket. I mean, that, that they're just like it's so hard probably to, not gonna happen. to deal with right now. It's horrible. Yeah, probably not going to happen. There's the reality of that, what's going on with Jenny May. Gosh. Yeah, probably is not right now. And uh, that's a real shame in this marketplace, too. Uh, but there are a ton of companies out there for sale. But the due diligence then will pop up, and then you have to make the decision because – uh, and some of the companies that I've looked at, you know, uh, deals didn't go through. Uh, due diligence is very important. And it's important in who you contract with to do your due diligence. Very important. Yeah. Every time I hear you talking, Mr. Kittle, it reminds me of you're a pilot. And I'm thinking you and I use the pilot metaphors, all the things. I mean, it's like you're flying. Many are flying along, and they're running, and they're running into icing conditions. Icing conditions. I'm fine. I can keep flying. My motor's still running. I have Everything's working out there. Well, what happens when you run into icing conditions? It loads up your wing with ice, and it ruins the camber. And you can literally fall out of the sky with a perfectly healthy airplane and a perfectly healthy wing because the ice changes the airflow dynamic. And I think that's what's going on. It's a metaphor that's going on with many companies. We're going to be seeing a lot of companies, like, fall out of the sky because of what it's, it's icing conditions in metaphorically. Well, that's true. That's right. It, yeah. it, it stops the airflow over the wing, and uh, it stalls the airplane, gets heavy, and no matter how much power you got, you can't maintain your altitude. Yeah. And that's uh, exactly right. So, and that's where you wish you were in spirits, and you pull this par- hit the parachute and come down floating down. <laughs> well, unfortunately, but, in the plane, I don't carry a parachute. So. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Everyone who rides with you should wear a parachute. I'm joking. You're a good, you're one of the safest pilots out here. Hey, man, just think, May 26th of this month, this May 20, 40 years. You've been flying for 40 years. That's good. 40. 40. 40 years. That's excellent, David. Yeah, I love it. And nobody, nobody's jumped out of the plane yet, David. <laughs> no one's jumped out and you haven't crashed yet. Oh, good. That's good. That's a good record. Really good. Well, I think I love that. I thought about you and I was thinking about we were talking earlier on the icing uh, metaphor that the example of uh, it's what's happening. We're going to see a lot more. And then when I heard when you mentioned 60, I think that was the the, the report by um, uh, Stratmore on that. I think that is very ridiculously conservative. We're going to see a lot more and it's significant. And again, it's because, you know. It's, 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 you know, how do you cut for this? Because you have one month, you're starting to see volume coming up. It's you get hope up that you're going to be able to keep on. You hang on, and then you work through that pipeline. You're still overburdened, and it's like it's like icing. You're going to fall out of the sky. Anyway, don't want to be doom and gloom here, but we've got to manage. Got to be managing with a with a uh, listening, watching your gauges, folks, and paying attention. Be experienced. If you don't have anything, talk to Kittle. He'll help you downsize in a in a reasonable way. Thank you, Kittle. Good to have you here, David. You're Good, good to be here. Thanks, we have two. We have Lickin and Kittle on here, both David. So we go to last Dave's. So, Kittle, thank you. Appreciate you. TMC, what an a, a amazing organization. You're now the chairman of it, I believe. Are you not? Are you not the chairman? Uh yeah. Well, I stepped back in as the as the board chairman as it is now, and uh, we're really looking forward to our conference. Uh, we are so far 
ahead in registrations for our yeah. September conference. And yeah, it's September running about yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. running eight eight to one. Think about this. Eight lenders for every preferred partner that shows up. That's the highest ratio in the industry. So we turn yeah. our lenders out of our conferences and uh uh, our staff's doing a really good job of uh, of getting people to register. So we're looking yeah. forward to September in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. Uh, Hyatt. Yeah, I'm hoping to be there. I'm planning to be there. I'm going to re- get registered. In fact, I think I'm registered now. So it's good. Hopefully uh, we get continue to see good attendance and made that hold true. Thank you, David, being here each and every week when you can make it, at least the one you can't make it. We're always grateful to have you weigh in on what's going on. Let's get over to Alice Alvey. She's here. She's CMB Vice President, a Master CMB nonetheless. There's just CMB, and then there's Master CMB. And it's uh, just so good to have you here, Alice. She is Vice, uh, Vice President of Education Training at Union Home Mortgage. And she's here with this week's legislative update. What are you hearing out there on the legislative front, Alice? Well, I think in keeping with what uh, the conversation has been going on in the news lately with everything about the uh, FHFA price hikes, Congress has decided they want to get involved, you know, because I'm sorry, I'm going to be sarcastic, but this group that is listening might get a good laugh at lunch here because they know so much about what we do. You know, this this (laughs) is the right thing to have done. (laughs) Sorry. I just had to say that. (laughs) There are very many Congress people who know about what, who know all about loan level price adjustments. Right. So um, anyway, we have a, a Republican from Arizona uh, who's introduced House Bill 2928, uh, and it's also we have another uh, bill sponsored, 2876. Both of these are trying to roll back the GSE loan-level price adjustments after everything they were hearing on the news last week uh, that was all about that your credit score was now going, you know, you, if you had good credit, you were going to get uh, higher rates, right? That was kind of how some of the headlines were summing up which, of course, is completely inaccurate. Uh, but this is uh, now what will be coming through. And uh, Director Sandra Thompson did push back on the criticism uh, about the mm-hmm. low-level price adjustments. I think it was a, a news war going on to try and clear up what really is happening with LLPAs uh, versus what we really do need to try and challenge. Um, so I think we'll wait and see what happens with the bills. The, the language for the bills is not published yet. So we just have the headline of the bill that's basically saying they want to seek to roll back the uh, overhaul of the GSE's loan-level price adjustment. So the headlines of the bill seem to indicate they want to roll the whole thing back, uh, whereas our focus uh, as an association has been on the DTI to at least get that stopped. Uh, For all of you who may not remember, because there's a lot of stuff flying around on this, uh, mm-hmm. we, they're holding off on that. It's just been simply delayed. The DTI aspect has been delayed till August, but right. technically not till loan deliveries until the end of the year. So, uh, yes, today's the day that, um, you know, the, the drop dead yep. date for implementing those loan level price adjustments, but yep. many lenders people. had them baked in already. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them are, are. And what are you hearing as far as, uh, well, I mean, you're at union home, so you guys are, are just being proactive and responding accordingly, but what's the, um, any feedback from within your rank and file there with the loan officers, Alice? Just say, as far as what, what effect? On the LLPs, their attitude towards it, just saying, okay, it is what it is, and you guys just, they're just Yeah, dealing. I mean, the DTI one is just a, a challenge from an implementation standpoint, because you know how many times it can change during the process, and our I know. concern is for consumers. 
uh, that, you know, you're going to quote a rate and then one thing is going to change that has, that's even beyond their control or our control, right? You find out what the actual taxes might, property taxes will be on the property, uh, and now the DTI changes. So I think, uh, you know, the loan officers are out there selling, doing their job, uh, trying to explain things mm-hmm. to borrowers that, look, just if you have a good score, you're still not going to have the same rate as someone with a bad score. That's not what uh, is happening here. So they do have to make sure they're explaining things well. But, um, yeah, we're all hoping that we can get this pushed back on the DTI, but uh, some camps do not believe that it's going to change no matter what we do. Um, And I think the the second piece I wanted to point out that's also pending, uh, this came up uh, the week before, so on the 19th, the Federal Housing Finance Agency proposed fair housing and fair lending rules. So this is a notice of uh, proposed rulemaking. So this is open for comment until June 26th. And this is about uh, seeking comment to propose rules regarding fair housing and fair lending oversight of its regulated entities, meaning, you know, Fannie, Freddie, and the Federal Home Loan Bank. So this is them wanting to codify even tighter requirements. And mm. when I listened to this, I thought, yeah. you, you know who's really in charge is FHFA. Do Fannie yeah. and Freddie really exist on their own anymore? Uh, they no. have different uh, underwriting systems and, and some different procedures, uh, but they don't make their own decisions, it seems, anymore. It seems FIFA really, really controls uh, everything right now as it relates to the agencies in this conservatorship status. So uh, more to come, but that's where FHFA to is today. All right. Well, thank you, Alice, for being here with your report. Appreciate it very much. And do say hi to to Al and Bill and the crew up there. Good, 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 good people. Good people. All right. Very good. Alan Pollock is here with the weekly tech update and some. Do you have some more? Uh, <laughs> some more uh, Chat GPT humor. What did the mortgage bankers say to the Sure. No, that was. Yeah, no, dude. That may have run its life, Alan. That may have run its life. But if you have one yeah, more, we'll but, talk. Uh, well, so I'll start off with this. There's a system out there called Agent GPT. There's a number of these, and it automates browser tasks. This is kind of like a secret one. I almost shouldn't share it. But um, you can go in, and, I, and I can, you can give it an agent name. So I'm going to call this the D. Licken on lending. I'm just doing it real time, and, and you can give it a goal. Like, um, I need the best mortgage technology joke that is based on podcasts and hit enter. And what this does is it throws out a whole bunch of agents at the same time, meaning many little bots, and it searches. Now, I did a simple one, but you can actually build this thing to run multiple tasks and to find and extract information. And it said, sure, I can help you with that. Here are some popular mortgage podcasts to start with. So it's telling me to go look at them, but it's continuing to run. Um, And it said, brainstorm and come up with a joke that combines. So mortgage technology and podcasts. So what it does, David, is remember we talked about prompting. You have to build prompts, ways to talk. So this automatically builds out the prompts Mm. and automatically talks to the AI engine. And you can have it do almost anything you want. So this just ran like 30 bots at the same time. It's still running. It's getting feedback now. I probably shouldn't have run this one for a joke. It, it's actually saying it's now creating a social media campaign around the joke to generate buzz and attract new customers to the mortgage technology services we're joking about. So, I mean, this is – so here you go. Why did the banker listen to the mortgage podcast for hours on end? 
he was trying to adjust his lending rate. <laughs> so, and this, it's just, it, it, it launched like 50 bots. It's still running for me here. And wow. it gave me even more. Uh, why did the mortgage broker start a podcast to get some interest? <laughs> but it put together, here, here's the kicker, right? That's all fun and games. It put together an entire social media plan, 10-step plan in front of me right here on how to market these jokes and gain an audience. Just the yeah, time we were talking on the phone. That's not quick. Yeah, that, well, it, it, that's just amazing. I know you run these in real time when we're on the podcast here. I think when it's, it's, it's learning how to use these tools that are going to give you – we discussed in David Kittle's segment, we were talking about uh, – I asked the question about – uh, and seeing evidence that more and more people are using chat GPT for writing and doing research and uh, uh, creating things that the post that will help them. And is this tool chat GPT uh, open AI, or is this another tool that lays on top of it? It's a tool that lays on top of it. It is powered by open AI. Okay. Um, so it's limited because you're not paying for it. And open AI does have a component to interact with its API that do cost money. So this, this agent GPT is a beta. Uh, they will be launching it to the market, and there's some other ones out there. Uh, very interesting. I actually just said, can you tell me about the new FHFA loan level adjusters in mortgage? And it threw out a bunch of bots, and it's coming back, and it's first telling me that um, the new adjusters are a set of guidelines. At first it's telling me what they are. Um, then it takes in the various factors. I should have asked about the controversy around it, uh, anyways, it's still running, but let's get on to the news. Maybe I'll circle back around if it comes with a good response before I'm done here. Uh, oh, actually, uh, it says uh, borrowers with lower credit scores will see an increase in their loan-level price adjustments. The adjustments will increase by 25 basis points. Uh, I don't know if that's current or not. Oh, it's still going. Anyways, let's get to more of the news, David. Um, yeah. Get this. Zillow, and, and here's what's funny because I, I worked with Zillow in the 2000s when I, when I was uh, running a pricing engine with one or two other folks, and we worked with, it was actually Trulia at that time before Zillow acquired them, to put live pricing data in all of their listings, and we were going to run it at night. Now, we're talking like 15 years ago, so Zillow just announced right now, which I, I, I it's like, well, how long did it take them to put pasta on pizza, right? Why, did just, why wasn't that in the 70s? 80s, 90s. Why did it just happen in the 2000s? So same thing. Zillow is now showing fully baked all-in pricing instead of just showing list prices. So you can search based on your budget. And it's a big press release, a big announcement. Why is that just happening now? Right? Don't you feel like that was already there yeah. or should have been there? Yep. They had yeah, all man. the data. So I don't mean to, to be negative about it. I think it's, a, it's an amazing addition. I use Zillow. Everyone uses Zillow. Um, but check it out. They are now showing all-in pricing instead of just list prices in their app. I don't know if it's online. It was specific, and it said app. So if you're looking at it, make sure you check the Zillow app. Um, David, get this. Uh, CoreBank, they're an Omaha-based bank. They just launched an on- online mortgage platform called RapidTrack, very similar to the pasta on pizza concept. They are now allowing borrowers to upload docs and track progress. So the reason I pulled it out was, was because of that theme, but also they had a study that said 61% of consumers have already used an online app, and they expect that number to increase. So clearly for the lenders that are listening on this, on this podcast today, the numbers are going to continue to increase. People are going to continue, except for David Kittle. I'll never forget this, David Kittle's flip phone. People are going to continue 
to use apps and they're going to continue. The new generation of home buyers are going to continue to explore apps. You need to be out there and you need to be in front of them. And going back, David, to your comment before about TikTok, here's what's really interesting. TikTok in lending. TikTok's not just about, you know, um, younger kids doing dances and, you know, listening to music because my kids do that. TikTok is all kinds of information that you can't trust the source of it. But there are a lot of real estate agents and mortgage people and people trying to tell you how you can pay down your loan faster and strategies to win it your life. And it's a a great place to get ideas and to listen how people are thinking. It's not a great place to get your news, but that is something, you know, people are attracting people on TikTok and Instagram and other platforms. So you definitely should consider how your marketing company or your marketing aspect of that, uh, even if it's nothing more than just attractment. So let's talk about, Another one product, David, that I think is huge because we're looking as, as consumers for single entities to, to track more of our financial life, right? We're not looking to have accounts all over the place unless you're trying to, you know, escape the $250,000 limit um, as a single person uh, investing or having money in the bank, right? So at that point, then, yes, you need more financial institutions. But here's the thing. It's a company's called Array, A-R-R-A-Y and they just launched a debt manager. So it's embeddable, and it gives a full comprehensive view of their borrower or your borrower's credit and loan information. They're targeting or already partnered with fintechs and digital brands, which speeds up all of the data sharing and the lead qualification or debt management process. They help mitigate borrower risk, improve loan marketing, especially if you're a financial institution or a lender and you have all this data. You've already been approved to use that data. Right. So you don't have to share it or acquire it. Take a look at Array. It could be a platform. I don't know enough about it, but it could be a platform that helps you just truly understand more about uh, your borrowers and the folks that you're working with. Yeah, I've heard someone introduced me to that last week. It was really interesting. Yes, totally. And then, David, you know, AI. um, So there's a bunch of stuff. National Mortgage News has a webinar. It's free. You want to sign up for it. It's on May 11th. Um, The title is Use Chat AI, two separate words, Chat AI, or Cower While the Lions Feast, right? Very strategic uh, title. But then it basically says um, it is not the time to sit back and just wait for business. And it talks about five steps, better understand the power of AI in this webinar, a simple formula to get more agents and more loans, but then they talk about knowledge of how AI can gecko your have and decline your double double digits in closing. So they also talk about experience of how fast AI can close a loan. You want to look at this? I'm going to be there May 11th. It's very cool. And then, David, the last thing I want to end on, we seem to be obviously a lot about AI and chatbots and things. I didn't see a lot of other news that seemed relevant to what's going on right now and to be positive. But um, mortgage chatbots, looking at things, especially at financial institutions, 24-hour-a-day help. Um, you, can, you can do things like, you know, how do I apply? And those chatbots can walk someone through that process. These are simple chatbots you can build without hiring somebody. Uh, get pricing, ask for changes. Um, like, can you get my LO to help me lock my rate? And it can take care of scheduling the appointment and contacting all the right people with just one question. Uh, things like, um, you know, how do I visit in, in person or what is the status of my loan? So we've got bots and we've got implementation and, and yeah. experiences that are all going in that direction. So if you haven't thought about it, you definitely want to start thinking that you way. Should. Absolutely. Good job. Good job. 
While you were talking, Kittle texted me some uh, pictures. I want to continue on with that. Alan, I got a whole bunch of questions, um, but I want to talk, give an update, and we're almost out of time. So, Mr. Kittle, with the remaining time, you're on Fox News watching that. And uh, you shot over some screenshots. Explain these. And uh, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, here we are in the podcast. It was timely. It's now national news, everything we're talking about today. Not yeah. because we're talking about it, but screenshot, they had 20% down, 350K mortgage, new mortgage fees. If you have a 640 credit score before this came out, you had 10,500 in fees. Now it's only 7,875 because you're being subsidized. Second screen that they put up is that if you're 740 credit score, same 20% down, 350K mortgage, before your fees were 1750 bucks. Now it's 3062 And so they're drawing the analogy to it right now that this is crazy. They had uh, an Obama era uh, from the administration on there. Remember, he was there when we went through the crisis when yep. I was chairman in 2009, right, coming in. And he said this is absolutely, speaking from an Obama official, absolutely the wrong direction to go. Um, so it's... it's it's news, and it's, it's really news. bad for It's us. breaking, yeah. It's breaking on, on the major networks. So, yeah, bad for our industry, craziness going on. Thank you, David. Appreciate that. All right, Mark, any commentary you have uh, as we think about over what Alan talked about or what Mr. Kittle just introduced? Well, I've got two quick observations to close us out. First on uh, chat, GBT, I'm, I've been an active user of that now for a couple of months. I probably use it a dozen times a day. So I caution our audience out there, and I think Alan would agree with me on this, to be very, very careful, though. Uh, when you're asking a question and it's giving you an answer, it's not quoting a bunch of references and all that. So you need to be consumer smart. You need to know a good bit about what you're asking about in the question and make sure yeah. the information you received is really valid. So I suggest some cross-checking. I wouldn't run with everything I get on ChatGBT and take it as the Bible. So just be very careful on that. And one other observation I want to give you about uh, the Houston market that I'm seeing something right now. Uh, they're building in the Houston market apartments like somebody was playing with Legos, and all of them look like penal colonies. They're the most nondescript <laughs> apartment complexes, and they're one- and two-bedroom apartments. Modern. So what's happening right now, there's a, a move in the apartment industry to deal with the lower-income they can't mm-hmm. afford a house, and they're they're filling up these apartments. I, I'm really concerned if we have a, some storms come through here because they're they're really filling them up quick. And uh, wow. and I'm talking about five or six hundred in an area at one time in yeah. one development. And yep. so it's just something. I don't know if that's going on elsewhere in the country, but here in Houston, it's going rampant right now. So yeah. we need to watch that. There's a lot going on up in Seattle. My college roommate and wife live up there, and they. Um, are telling me about the zoning, the rezoning uh, that's going on. And it's an experiment they're doing in Washington state within certain city limits, Seattle being one of them, Everett being another one, uh, where you, if you have a area that you live in, that's zoned for single family, they're abolishing that and opening it up for multifamily. And so interesting consequences where this is all going. I mean, stay tuned. The state you're in is so important, lenders. You need to know which states. Be intentional about it, understanding what the rules and regulations, the laws are that are regulating your area or an area you're considering going into. It's very important you do your work on it and see what's pending in the state legislators 
legislative office because it could mess things up. Very good. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Alan, good report. Very good. Mr. Kittle, do you have any questions? Anything you have? Why don't you want to wrap up as we wrap up? No. All good here. Good, good, good. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Again, appreciate it. That ends this week's weekly mortgage update. We're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, a special thank you goes out to our sponsors, Candor Technology, Finastra, Total Expert, Simple Nexus, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility, MMI, Modex, and Mortgage Advisory Tools. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. And tell your friends about this podcast. Share it with them. We appreciate it very much. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.